So I'm actually, I'm watching it. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you guys? Which one of you is which? The handsome one is Mike. That's me. And then there's okay. Dave. <laughs> In case you weren't sure, he's pointing at himself. I'm Dave. You know, nice little visual reference. Handsome. Here. <laughs> this, this guy. <laughs> going to be all right it is not mom look at me this is not okay this is fatal it's not fatal honey it's realistic i hate my life just because you don't look like these girls in poise magazine doesn't mean that you're not beautiful in your own way i don't want to be beautiful in my own way i want to look like these people well those aren't people honey those are models 30 flirty and thriving why the 30s are the best years of your life i want to be 30 well, you will be, honey. Oh, Chris. It's not Chris, it's Matt. What are you doing here? Where's Chris? He's gone, everybody left. What'd you do? Nothing. Yes, you did. No, I just wanted to get my Casio. Get out. Wait, Jenna, please, just let me get talk out. to you. No! Jenna, please, just come out. I hate you. I hate me. I hate everybody. Jenna, what are you talking about? I want to be 30. Just let me play you this song, okay? It'll make you feel better. I want to be 30. 30 and flirty and thriving. 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 30 and flirty and So uh, cue me in because I had problems recording on Skype last night where it did that shitty um, auto adjust like option, which I don't even think should be a thing where Skype's like, hey, if you get too far away, we'll turn your volume up. But what it was doing uh, was just randomly going up and down, up and down. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be an editing what? nightmare. So if I sound like yes. I'm yelling at you. Uh, Emily, I'm not. Dave, I am. So just keep that. Yeah. Keep that. <laughs> Sounds uh, about right. Uh, all right, we'll get into it. So joining us for 13 going on 30, and this has nothing to do with uh, age, I don't think, because we're all in our <laughs> early 20s, I think. We have no right, experience. definitely. I don't get yep. the point of reference to this movie at all. Uh, so our very young <laughs> guest is uh, Emily from the All Nighter Movie Podcast, and this will be our first time talking. 13 going on 30. This will be fun, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Not enthused. Not enthused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm excited. I I love this movie. Okay. Um, well, that's good. That's a I good do. start. But we did just cover it on my podcast. So I, That is yeah. how I discovered your show. I was like, okay, who's an expert on 13 going on 30? And your podcast oh. popped up as far as on the hashtag discussing this. Um, which was very important because we do like our guests to have seen the movie we're talking about. That's, that makes it a little easier for me and Dave. Um, so I guess first thing with your podcast is, you know, why why did this film come back up for you all? Because I'm just going to tell our listeners go listen to your all's show after after you explain yourself. Oh, yeah, don't even bother with this. This is going to be nonsense. But uh, <laughs> why 13 going on 30 now? We so kind of our format is we look at movies that we we used to watch when we were younger. Um, that we used to have sleepovers and watch pull all nighters for, and this is one of those movies for us. Um, 
has it, a great for me at least sleepover sequence as well uh at least a little yeah, musical yeah. number uh something that was a page out of uh dave's life i'm sure i experienced oh, that definitely. as well yeah love yeah. is a battlefield definitely. great song always <laughs> No, I'm too young for that, Mike. I don't know. Oh, that's right. About. I mean, it was like a retro <laughs> '80s party yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what the kids yeah, exactly. do nowadays. Sure. <laughs> uh, VH1. I love the '80s nights. Right. That's... Is that around still? I don't know. Uh, what I have is, no what idea. What is VH1? Stop being so old, Dave. Um, <laughs> so, uh, how did your uh, podcast start? Are you friends with your co-host? Is this so, some strange yeah, person you just we... met on Twitter, like me and Dave? No, we've been friends since we were um, in first grade. So we've been best friends for basically our whole lives. Um, and so I I wanted to start a podcast where I talked about movies that I liked. And she and I are in, we're best friends, but we have very different life paths. So we come with different experiences. And that's why I asked her to do it with me. I think that that's a probably good model. That's something me and Dave try to but he's far too conservative for my taste so uh <laughs> you know it's not working out this will be the final episode so let's make it a good one <laughs> dave are you ready for our last hurrah yeah i'm ready jennifer Garner. Yeah, this is it. why you gotta go out here yeah classic oh, classic cinema here we go <laughs> uh all right i'll i'll just start here back when this came out i thought this was a stupid idea not the idea that was stupid but for some reason i was really defensive even though i'm like I don't know. I was probably eight when this came out, right? I'm trying to keep the lie going. Right. I don't know how old it was. That's right. Yeah. I was a child, a mere <laughs> child. And I was very defensive over Tom Hanks and his legacy in Big. I'm like, really? Why are we Why are we doing this again? Why is, and I like Jennifer Garner from Alias. And I was like, oh, this is going to be something that she'll regret. And it'll be really embarrassing <laughs> and just a huge <laughs> black mark on her career. Uh, and I was going to make that a positive term, but I guess not because this is probably the highlight of her movie career. Like this was a big success yeah. when it came out and she yeah. didn't go on to be this like uh comedic movie star that I thought when I finally did a ground to seeing this movie. Um, so I guess the one nice thing I'll say is I actually really liked it when I finally did watch it. And I sort of, I have not rewatched big. So big no longer exists. Tom Hanks now sucks. Jennifer Garner has replaced him. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> you are incorrect and the worst. <laughs> so we'll start. We'll start with our meet cute here, um, and this is a very cute concept, as I said. Like, and not only that, but it's going to start not with uh, a, a young boy wanting to to be older and then going off and having like a very adult lifestyle, like. We start with young Jennifer Garner having a birthday party and I guess her experience with the mean girls and the Heathers of her time period. And then uh, Mark Ruffalo, who not quite as cute when he's younger. <laughs> <laughs> and he is uh, the definitive nice guy. What? Dave, he grows out I of I love how you're like shaming this. Like, I'm not shaming him. Kid. It's like he's not that cute. Well. <laughs> for hot or not on. I'm. <laughs> I'm giving the kid credit because I think the script is trying to play him up to be someone that would be looked over. So he is definitely in that, I don't want to say friend zone. I think he's very comfortable in the friend zone. He, this is truly his best friend next door neighbors. And so he wants to make her birthday very special and he builds her, her own dream house. And unfortunately for him, he introduces this dream house right before the cool mean girls come over, which this may be the first and only time that young Judy Greer got to be the cool mean girl yeah. as opposed to like yeah. the, the sidekick. 
and uh, they screw over young Jennifer Garner and use her for her smarts, uh, and then play a trick on both of them by sending in young Mark Ruffalo, who is perfectly fine for his age as far as handsomeness level. <laughs> <laughs> But still not that cute. <laughs> still not that cute. <laughs> you know, uh, but he's very crafty. <laughs> he's got skills. He can build things. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, crafty? Oh, like, actually crafting. Crafty. Not so crafty when he goes into the seven minutes of heaven closet and it upsets uh, young Jenna here, who is expecting, I guess, the, the, the heartthrob, the blonde kid. And um, so her wish is to basically skip all these embarrassing moments in childhood. She wants to jump ahead to be 30, which is a very strange concept. I think that everyone wants to be the, well, it, you know, it rhymes with flirty. So you I know, do have that DVD. Flirty and fun. I do have the fun and flirty edition, which I love. I've not sold that because <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I, love, I wish there was a, <laughs> I wish there was like a fun and flirty JFK DVD and I would, I would buy that too. <laughs> Fun and flirty, everything. It'd be a four-minute movie. <laughs> so here, our, our meet cute is a little bit strange because it's going to be two characters we're going to be introduced to in their adult form, uh, but it's also kind of a breakup. It is, I mean, the setup is it's a break with childhood skipping into adulthood. Uh, unfortunately, for the adult Jennifer Garner, uh, she's still a 13-year-old, and now she's in a 30-year-old's body, and she's living a very different life and has very different values. So... We'll uh, we'll start with you, Dave, because you're usually pretty hateful, and I expect our guests yeah. to be a little more positive. Uh, this very cute concept. Are you along for the ride? Are you interested to see what the adult Mark Ruffalo will be or the adult Jenna here? Yeah, I think the concept works great. I love the concept of this movie. I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, it's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of theft from from big for sure. But I think it's different enough that that's OK. I think I think it works. I just, oh God, I'm going to come off so hateful here. I would have really liked this movie if there was a better lead. Because I think Jennifer Garner is legitimately bad here. She is hard for me to watch. It feels forced. It feels ridiculous. I just, more Mark Ruffalo. That's that's all I want. How many 13-year-old girls are you... uh trucking around with dave i mean uh, to me she seemed perfectly fine trucking around <laughs> no just uh no it just didn't work she just doesn't work for me at all and and that's that's not just in this movie i'm just i'm not a fan of jennifer garner so it's a it's a hard sell anyway and when you're going that over the top it becomes all right that's enough of you emily concept, emily the uh, please save for... us <laughs> this is awful already. i think she's perfect yes yes she is so... But I was Perfect. actually 10 when this movie came out. Oh, two years older so, than I was when this came out. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have, like, the big baggage. Like, I'd definitely seen big by the time I saw this. But this movie was, like, I was the age that movies were just movies. Mm-hmm. You know? So to me, she's perfect. I think she's innocent and sweet. I think she plays a 13-year-old as a 30-year-old very well. I, I, there's some other baggage I had with this. And, Dave, you mentioned uh, that. Uh, thing I don't recognize, VH1, whatever that was, but the I love the 80s <laughs> thing. I also thought, I was very much afraid that this would be more in line, not with Big, but with like something like The Wedding Singer, where it's like, let's mm-hmm. cram as many different references to the 80s. And I've always hated that right. about The Wedding Singer. That's like, it's set in like 85 or 86. And yet everyone, it would be like making a movie set in 1998 and people are constantly referencing Kurt Cobain. Just like just right. out of nowhere, and it's like, well, that's been you know six or seven years since that the height of Nirvana. 
Uh, this one, they do avoid it. And it is kind of strange because when you get into the adult world, you know, she's a magazine editor of sorts. I, I don't really get the dynamic between her and Judy Greer. Uh, Gollum here apparently relies on them nonstop. Andy Circus, <laughs> just like, I don't know. He doesn't seem to have any sort of job other than being frantic at all times, which is and not... having the worst facial hair in movie history. It's bad. The that, hair. That, that yeah, goatee the... is rough. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, I thought the hair in happening? general, because um, I just saw yeah. him, uh, I guess most recently he was like the person that announced, um, one of them that announced the Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why does he look oh. so fake here? Like, you know, what, <laughs> what is he, was he wearing some golem like hair or like, I don't understand. Yeah, but I don't know. What he's was he's really bad. Was it good? Um, but anyway, the point is, even at this magazine, they don't start suddenly cramming in all these references to childhood like you would expect Jenna to do because she just walked out of the 80s. Instead, she harkens back to just, I guess, a general sweetness. That's what she applies to her life, which Dave apparently hates. That's right. I hate sweetness. (laughs) In this movie, they just go with like one reference over and over again instead of multiple references. It's just the love is a battlefield line. I think it's mentioned like four or five times in this movie. Like she keeps that is her. That is her touchstone to her youth, apparently, or to her present in the case of this movie. So instead of the wedding singer, you know, referencing David Bowie and referencing Michael Jackson and, you know, taking all these different things, this movie takes the tack of like, we're just going to give you this one touchstone so you don't forget that she was from the 80s, I guess. Hmm. It actually worked for me because I think that when I like a song, that's like the only song I'm listening to. So maybe that was just like, yeah, yeah. that's just the one song. At, at that moment, yeah. that was her song. Yeah. What, that works. what about you? Emily, does that work for you? Love is a Battlefield? This, yes, this whole movie works for me. I just, it's, it hurts that you don't love it. <laughs> you get used to I've it. I've never met, you're hurting me that you don't love this movie. That's the most movie podcast thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no, I love the scene where all the 13-year-olds are having their sleepover and they're singing Love is a Battlefield. Um, yeah, I just think it's adorable. And I didn't know that was, like, when I saw this, I wasn't at an age where I knew that song from previous. Mm-hmm. Like, this is probably the first place I ever heard that song. Me too. Didn't know it. Great original. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Dave, I'll see if I can guide you to something nice to say, because you like Mark Ruffalo a lot, apparently, in this. Yes. One right. thing I'd forgotten. He's always. He's usually very good. I, I don't know. I, I didn't see the Reese Witherspoon rom-com where i think she's dead or he's dead and they're like one they're in love with a ghost that sounds pretty bad but i'm sure we'll do it on this podcast <laughs> at some point yeah we're, i'm sure that'll be in like three or four weeks yeah so I, I think i have the fun and flirty version of that one too so we'll bring that back <laughs> out um one thing i really like about this is i think that uh mark ruffalo is like doing the version of like Anne Hathaway and James Franco from the Oscars. Do you remember that? Like how horrible that was? Cause they were like, they were yes. just complete opposites as far as comedic Different timing worlds. tone. Yeah. yeah. I think it actually works here because Ruffalo is not about any of her nonsense. Other than the fact that he's still a nice guy. And so this crazy person comes to him that he's not seen since high school. And is like, why aren't we still best friends? Which <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking at it from his point of view, 
to me, that would be a very scary and difficult conversation to have with someone where it's like, I don't want, it's like a, a, a dog that I think is going to bite me. I like, I'm not going to do anything too rash here because this person could be very dangerous. This could, I, you know, Mark Ruffalo doesn't know if he's in single white female or if he's in 13 going on 30. His right. character has no idea yeah. what's about to happen. Do you take pictures? Uh, yeah, you know, it uh, pays the bills. Uh, hey, Jenna, what are you, why are you here? Manny, I told you something really weird is happening. Yesterday was my 13th birthday. And then, and then today I woke up and I'm this. And you, I mean, you're that. You get it? Are you high? You've been smoking pot, doing X, falling into a K-hole. Are you doing drugs? No, no. Look, I was sitting in my closet and I, I, I skipped everything. It's like a weird dream. I, I can't remember my life. You need to help me remember my life. Me? Yes. I can't do that. Why not? <laughs> I don't know anything about you. All right? I haven't seen you since high school. What? We're not friends anymore, Jenna. Maddie, you're my best friend. No. Okay. It's cool. It's cool. Maybe I should open a window. I think I need some fresh air. Fresh air. A glass of water. I know you want a glass of water? Up, Have a seat. I'll get, I'll get you some. You want a uh, glass of water? You want ice in that? I want a fucking pillow! A fucking pillow coming right up. Sorry. I feel like the way he plays it has a certain degree of grace. Like he's like, okay, I don't know what's going on with this person. I want to make sure they're okay. But this is making me really uncomfortable that I'm having to sort of like. <laughs> answer up and own up to why we didn't maintain this friendship that we will come to find out is mostly her fault and her, her life decisions to go a different way. I'm hoping you at least like that, Dave. Yeah, I do. And I think it goes throughout pretty much the entire film. Like even as they start to get closer and there's flirtation and they share this kiss, there's this really interesting moment where, you know, she's essentially just had her first kiss. So she's really happy and she just kind of like is lying there and smiling and you see this guilt on his face because he's, an adult and he has been in relationships before and he is with someone else. So I love that you have, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you have that very different experience of the, of this, of this same moment that they're both happening. And I think his performance is really good. And I think, you know, that scene you mentioned when she first shows up at his door, like you feel a little bit bad for him because he's almost, it's almost like he is being attacked in this moment. Like, Hey, what's going on? Why aren't we friends? What happened? I'm 13. And he's just like, okay, um, we're 30 and you've been kind of awful for the last decade or so. And he's having to take all this in and deciding whether, whether this person is worth trusting or not. So I think the way that relationship forms really feels organic and real. And I think a lot of it is because of Ruffalo's performance there. I think he has the more difficult job because he has less dialogue and he just has to kind of take this all in and make these decisions. Well, he gets to dance. It's true. He gets to do the thriller (laughs) dance. Everybody wins. Emily, there was a, um, there's a really popular thing in the early eighties. So I've read uh, called thriller. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they still do it around Halloween. Did that work for you? <laughs> Dave knows all about Thank you it. So much. Yeah. He was there. Yes, I do, because I'm old. Yes. Thriller? Yeah, you're not. <laughs> Sorry. I just I, I just I, I just it. <laughs> good. I was surprised that um that everybody at the party knows the whole dance. Is that realistic? Yeah. 
a little bit of a leap there, I think. <laughs> it's a little bit of a leap because you would think if they know the whole dance, they wouldn't be so appalled that Jennifer Garner is doing it. They're like disgusted. Right. They're like, what is this? And they're like, well, okay. And then they just break out into it. Um, yep. <laughs> actually, Ruffalo is probably the best. He's the best version of that, too, because he's like, yeah, this is part of my childhood. And I probably did this when I was a right. kid. And he's a little bit off. But uh, Andy Circus is the one I was watching this again with my wife. And of course, she looked at me. and She's like, you never dance with me like that. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> that will, damn right. <laughs> let me dispel some notions you have about our lifestyle and how movie like it's going to be. That will never happen. <laughs> Because I'm a romantic. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day week, and I'm saying this no. nice thing. No, not for me. Um, but Andy Circus breaks out into it, and he also jumps into the front, so he's not even following anyone. And I felt nope. that was the biggest part where I'm like, no, I don't, I don't care if he's Gollum. I don't care what sort of motion capture he does. This guy would not have these moves down. It just wouldn't work. Yeah, see, I actually didn't have a, like, obviously it's not realistic, but I didn't have a problem with that. Because, like, in a, in a movie like this, there, there has to be a certain amount of just, like, going with it. And I think that scene is one of those scenes. Like, it's supposed to be supposed to be a fun moment. You're supposed to just be like, okay, let's just go along with this. Or, haven't, you know, it's a tie-in to the 80s. It's a tie-in to her past. And, you know, it's, you know, how else are they going to make this party a success? So, like, that that worked for me. It was fine. It was silly. It was over the top. But it fits. I think it fits the movie. Is it embarrassing to either one of you? Like watching it? Is it got that awkward sort of cringiness to it at first? No. It makes me very happy. Okay. Made it my wife gets, happy too. This I movie no. puts me in a great mood, <laughs> to be honest. Like <laughs> No, the dancing didn't make me cringe. It's just, you know, hmm. whenever Jennifer Garner starts speaking. See, I don't get that issue. because I <laughs> I I would I'll go along with you just enough, Dave, that the way she carries herself <laughs> And the shit that she's got in her hair. I think my wife said they were chopsticks. I don't know, but that really threw me I, off. Anytime she was walking down the street, I just, I, I probably would have this horrible look on my face. Like I'd just be staring at her like, what, what are you doing? What are you an assassin? What do you have in your head? <laughs> now that is a movie I would want to watch that you're headed in the right direction. I think Mike. someone on Twitter said, uh, the 13 year old assassin. We did have someone on Twitter uh, think that we were doing Electra for this episode, which uh, yes, there, there's the crossover. Um, but like, I think that she's a little awkward and she's a little cringe-inducing just with her positivity. But she does win me over. It's almost like just a longer version of that dance sequence where at first I'm like, oh god, this is awful, and then it's just like, well, nothing but good comes of it. Like you know, there are nothing but nice things. And you know what? The the best thing about her is that she's. Uh, just really honest. So I want to get I want to get to the breakup part of this, which is mm -hmm. another possibly awkward conversation, uh, where she <laughs> she confesses her love to her childhood best friend that she just sort of dropped off the face of the earth for about a decade. Uh, what about ten minutes before he's going to get married, as he's getting Oof. dressed? Hi. Hey. I don't know what Lucy said to you about me, but I want you to know that whoever that was she was talking about wasn't me. Uh, it doesn't matter what Lucy said. I stopped trusting her after she stole my pop rocks in the third grade. Matt, I am not the awful person 
that I know that I was. I don't even know that person. And I, I'd like to believe, I have to believe that if you knew that, if in your heart you, you really, really knew that, you wouldn't be getting ready to marry someone right now unless that someone were me. Jenna, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I, I have felt things these past few weeks that I didn't know I could feel anymore. But I have realized in these past few days, you can't just turn back time. I moved on. You moved on. We've gone down different paths for so long. We made choices. I... I chose Wendy. That's her family down there. We care about each other, you know? You know what? You don't always get the dream house, but you get awfully close. Please don't cry, Jenny. No, oh, I'll be fine, I promise. I won't have you be late. Just go. Go on, I'm fine. I'm just crying because I'm happy. I want you to be so, so happy. I love you, Matt. You're my best friend. Jedi. I've always loved you. Talk, that's that's I think that's something that in a lot of romantic comedies you would root against the character for doing such a thing. It might be a sweet gesture, but you're like you're putting someone in an incredibly awkward position and why the fuck did you wait until he's on the one yard line of making this decision yeah. with someone else? And I feel like Jennifer Garner's innocence and just sort of general positivity about it actually really works dave so i'm not gonna don't ruin it just yet emily no what do you, no. What do you think about that <laughs> sequence uh yeah that scene is heartbreaking and i think it's um i think it actually makes sense that she does it right before he gets married because she is 13 and so maybe it's not you know as an adult you would think why would you wait so long but when you're a kid it's like, oh, a moment, a moment of panic. Like, I have to correct this before it's too late, maybe. Um, but, yeah, that seems so sweet. And she's 
the way she, like, even just her face, like, the way she takes his answer is, I I love it. <laughs> it makes me cry. It's just beautiful. Take that, Dave. Why don't you try to ruin think... this nice <laughs> moment here? No, I'm not going to. I promise I'm not going to. I think that scene works, and I think the reason it works is, one, because of that innocence, because, you know, the movie doesn't let you forget that she is 13, and she's dealing with all these really complex emotions so she's not going to behave like a regular 30 year old would and that's totally fine the other reason it works is because there's a bigger villain here the reason that they are split apart is judy greer's character and kind of the the dirty tricks that she has pulled and you know having him sign this thing and having him make having him think that he's been betrayed by jenna so i think I think if you don't have that, I think this scene is a lot harder to take, but because you feel like in a lot of ways, Jenna is an innocent in this. Like, yes, Jenna as a person has done terrible things in this timeline, but she hasn't, our character that we know hasn't done any of those terrible things. So we trust her and we feel like she, you know, she wants the best for this person she cares about. And I don't think you ever doubt that. So that scene works just fine. Do you, do you think the Mark Ruffalo character cares that much about the maybe professional uh, I guess sort of backstabbing that he may feel as far as like this, you know, this project they worked on to redesign her magazine. And he was, you know, his look was heavily involved in that. Do you think he cares that much? No, it's, it's, who, it's, it's who did it. It's, it's, it's who he feels like betrayed him is what is what he's upset by. I don't think he really cares about what they do with the images. Like he'd rather it make it to the magazine, of course, but I don't think that's what he's upset about. I think he he's upset because of what Judy Greer's character tells him. And he feels like he's been betrayed by Jenna. And Jenna told him like, oh, this is all going to work out. It's great. You know, they really liked our idea. And then he finds out, you know, through her that like, oh, we just signed it. We're just going to sign these over and use it for whatever we damn well please. And that is not what he signed up for. And that's not what he was told. So I think that's where the betrayal comes in. Emily, do you think that his character has reason or possibly even thinks that uh, Jenna, that this sort of positive outlook on life, this throwback to her youth is just like a fad for her or just something she's just going through in that moment. Like, you know, she's just sort of changing styles. Do you think he feels like she'll just eventually fall back into someone who's a little more cynical and a little more bitter? Do you mean he doesn't believe that she's 13? Like, do you think that's his way of explaining it? Almost like, because I, I wonder if he thinks in that moment that it's like, this is some version of a midlife crisis for her. Like, it was just a moment of weakness or panic where she just wanted to reconnect with her past. But now she's drifting back to who she was. Now, we haven't seen that person. But... With the, with the like, photos being used for stock images. Right, right. Um, no, I've, I've never considered that, actually. Um, but maybe that's a good way to read it. I just think that he's someone that like, I don't think he's totally like heartbroken. Like he was still like in love with her, but I think he saw possibly like another path and she was presenting that. And what Dave was saying were that uh, Judah Greer sort of slams that shut professionally. He's just like, Oh, you know what? My, my life was not passionate, but it was not upsetting. So I need to sort of retreat yeah. back to that because even in that sort of breakup sequence, like he confesses that he's like always loved her. Like, you know, he says it with sadness, like, man, this would be great. But it's just something that adults can't do. They can't sort of just follow their own whimsy and just decide, like, oh, now I'm going to reconnect with my best friend from high school. Like, it's just not something. It's, like, only something that happens in movies, which uh, leads us to our grand gesture, is he's kept that damn dream house in his, his closet, in the childhood <laughs> closet, and has the perfect time. Not only 
First off, my wife said, huh, that's interesting. They're getting married uh, at his house in his backyard because, you know, Mark Ruffalo doesn't seem like the sort that would be like, it's got to be at my family home. Like, given yeah. how he carries himself, like, he just seems like, right. well, I guess I guess I'll get married now because I'm 30. So this is what people do. <laughs> <laughs> and his fiance seems like she's really sort of she would be more into it, at least, you know, because he's totally absent during this build up to the wedding. He's making out with 13 year olds. Not that he knows there were 13. This is the only time that the only time this would work <laughs> with the cops. <laughs> but he has the dream house. It's set up to be in his old bedroom. He's getting ready and he's able to give her that. Um and it's I mean that's a sweet moment even without the fantasy element. Like if we were to treat this as a real thing uh, and it didn't have that where this was just a midlife crisis movie. I think that would be a cool ending too. Like that, that they part ways. I actually almost prefer that, that idea that he just like has still held on. Like you're still going to be my best friend, but of course we got the fairy dust and all that. So we get to see, we get to see <laughs> that disgusting younger version make out with young Jenna again. <laughs> <laughs> Like to shaming this child. <laughs> Jesus. Hold on. Uh, no, if it makes you feel better, I read that he was wearing a fat suit. That little, that kid, that actor. See, so, see? so it's fine. I guess. I guess it's fine to make fun of that it's child. Not, but I want to see what he looks like. Uh, Dave, you're gonna have to talk for a minute because I'm gonna look up this kid. And uh, if he didn't turn out too so, well, I just won't say anything. So take that for what it's worth. Okay. So as you're talking about this, this sweet moment, like the before the wedding. Um, the, the thing that made me think is like, wow, this kid was, I mean, like really in love with Jenna because didn't they say that like she threw it at him and it broke? Like, did he put this thing back together? Like after checked all it, this? Checked it his head. I don't know. Yeah. Does she curl it back? Still, I mean, what? Like, he was wearing I, I a fat suit, so he couldn't like, get out of the way. Hands, That's <laughs> just chucked it at him. So he went to the trouble of like rebuilding this. Uh, despite the fact that he's been mistreated by her for essentially their entire lives. And I think um, I think it's a really sweet moment. And I, even though this is a romantic comedy, and you know it's going to end really romantically. I think there, there would be some utility in ending the movie right there and having them being lifelong friends and him getting married and, you know, her moving on with their life. But of course you have the magic, you know, the, the wishing dust or whatever it is. And then I guess we're supposed to believe that, uh, they get together when they're kids and just stay together forever, which is maybe the most unbelievable part of a movie that has someone move 17 years in the future. Like the fact that they were 13 and stayed together until they were adults again seems I mean, a I bit more from her get married till they were 30. She knows he turns into Mark Ruffalo. I believe it from her. And she already, you know, yeah, that's true. she's got How the projection so long to get married. Yeah, right? Uh, 17 like years they're together. Be together. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe he was... Uh, I don't know. I hear when you turn 30, I don't know, that it becomes very fun and flirty. So that's the year to do it. <laughs> that's when you do it. That's before the fun and the flirtiness wears, wears away, you need to get married. I did look up Young Ruffalo, uh, and he's on the Goldbergs. Uh, I hope he's a regular. Oh, um, Kid is stuck in the eighties and everything he yeah. ever does. Jesus, um, and he's stuck with those looks. How about that? I'll leave it at that. Why? <laughs> he's also. If you just scroll through so on, mean. if you scroll through on IMDb, there's a movie called High School from 2010, and he looks like he's about to be punched by a shirtless uh, cornrow wearing Adrian Brody who's covered in tattoos. 
What the hell? So things got really bad for this kid. Worse, worse. Yeah, somebody like when I look up these actors, even when I talk shit about them, I'm like, well, at least they're not podcasting about movies. You know, it could be worse. And then I look at this and I'm like, "Mm." like, well, might rather be podcasting. Yeah, you'd have to pay me a lot to act terrified of Adrian Brody. Like, I don't think you could. Maybe this kid's a really great actor because I just couldn't. Yeah, maybe. Best of his generation. Next Daniel Day Lewis. Never know. I just I couldn't do it. I have, <laughs> I have too much dignity to allow Adrian Brody to stare me down. <laughs> um, where were we? Thirteen going on thirty. Really damn cute. <laughs> would you fix? Would you fix? The, here's here's where I can tie it to real life because there's not a lot here as far as the whole <laughs> fantasy element. Not a lot of wishing dust floating yeah. around. So. Uh, but I'm sure, like you know, uh, since we have all just moved past like our high school experiences and stuff, and passing notes as kids do, I think, or whatever they do now. Um, <laughs> what is the what is they the probably one? text those notes now? So you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're also probably terrified of Adrian Brody. Yeah, they're <laughs> scared of their own <laughs> shadow, and <laughs> they're not men yet. Uh, neither is he. Um, <laughs> What is the longest you've held on to something like a from like a childhood crush or like a high school or even maybe in college like where in in this film it was chucked against your skull and you never spoke to this person again so this kid is basically Jesus as far as and also him putting it back together seriously so I'm not going to compare myself to that but what uh and well I don't want to make you know, Emily uncomfortable. Dave, you go ahead and embarrass yourself first. What's the longest you've held okay. on to something from a crush that didn't didn't work uh, out? Like never? Uh God, no wonder you don't get this as, fucking movie. God, you're terrible. As soon as as soon as the relationship is over in whatever you do have a bonfire kind of you just, it was, I just, You're so dramatic. Look, that's none of your business. <laughs> All I'm gonna say is that it isn't with us anymore. So once it's over, it is over. That's it. I'm, now I'm just fascinated by your process. Like, you know, what's, do you have a cleaning day? Like what? <laughs> the only time that's ever really like happened to me is, um, I, when I moved out to, uh, college for the first time that I just sort of like took a bunch of stuff. Like I was like a bunch of books or things that, you know, I wanted. And then you, you would discover stuff that you just like in mm-hmm. high school, you just sort of put in a book or, you know, you just put away like, oh, I'm not going to throw that away. Because as you get older, so I hear, uh, you accumulate too much crap, and you eventually just start chucking everything. Like, I don't need that, except for yep. that fun yep. and flirty DVD, which I love and still have. <laughs> Keep that forever. Yeah, yes. and I will. Of course. Um, but I remember, like, feeling insanely embarrassed when I discovered, like, like love letters and, like, things that, like, old girlfriends. And it, people, it's not like I was hung up on them in any way. But I just, it right. felt mean to throw things away. Like someone took a lot of thought. And even if you weren't like dating anymore, you know, high school, wasn't that serious. So it's not like it was a blood feud after the breakup or anything. (laughs) (laughs) So it just felt cruel to throw it away. But then like when I moved out of my home, my childhood home, that was that point where I actually had that thought like, all right, can I be mean now? Cause how long I'm not going to, when I turn yes. 30, I'm not going to be carrying this shit around. Cause that's, then you look yeah. creepy. You you go from being a nice guy to really creepy. It, and then there's, well, like, my wife would get it. She, you kept that. No, she would, Ooh. she would find it hilarious. And that's because, <laughs> <laughs> that's because I you married someone, married someone very <laughs> aggressive and you know, so it's constant combat with her. So yeah, I can't have anything incriminating <laughs> around. So, all right. 
there's my embarrassing one. It was just me embarrassing myself where I'm like, okay, I can be mean now and I can toss these. So Emily, what about yourself? What's the longest you held on to something? I don't really think I ever have done that. What? How am I the I only one? I haven't been in how? a lot of like I haven't been in like a lot of relationships in my life though. I mean, hmm. it's because she's so young. She just oh. she hasn't. I I am I am 23, so you have to cut me some slack. <laughs> nope. I was a, I was a regular fastbender from shame at 23. I was just, <laughs> just mowing them down, Dave. <laughs> Boy, you have a talk. <laughs> Anything in my path. <laughs> Including very precocious 30-year-olds who think they're 13. <laughs> Those are great. Uh, so easily amused by Pat Benatar. Yeah, those are those are good. Those are good ones, Dave. Get out there and experience the world. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your word on that one. <laughs> uh all right. I've embarrassed myself enough, I think. Uh Emily, <laughs> tell people where they can listen to a better version of a podcast about 13 going on 30. <laughs> That's less about me talking about me, which is what I truly love to do. Um, <laughs> our podcast is called All Nighter Movie Review. So we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And our, our episode went up today, actually. So let me find it now. Well, I'm, I'm lazy, so this will probably be up in two years. So it'll be like <laughs> incredibly timely. <laughs> I'll try to have it up soon, though. Uh, and hopefully you'll come back. You know, and yeah, I would love to. All right, cool. This is great. Thanks we're, so much for having me. We're going to do uh, Shame, starring Michael Fassbender. That'll be our next <laughs> barrel laugh, that movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll go from 13 going on 30 to sex addiction. That's that's the natural yeah, transition. Okay. Yep. I hear that's what all of your 30s are about, sex addiction. So I look forward to it. <laughs> but you don't know. <laughs> don't yeah. know. Not yet. Not yet. You'll get there. Don't worry. Oh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> oh, I will. It was like it wasn't even me. Like I had just watched us down below kissing. And I just floated home on a cloud. That is so romantic. Oh, my God. Goosebumps. <laughs> Totally, no, they won't go away. <laughs> Do you love him? Duh. <laughs> when are you going to see him again? I don't know, actually. I don't know if I can. What? what? It's complicated. It's a grown-up thing. Well, at least you have someone to dream about. Guys don't exactly want to jump your bones when you're a metal mouth. What is that attitude? We are young. Heartache to heartache we stand. Love is a battlefield. And if you'd like to follow us for whatever reason after all of that, you can find this show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Grand Gesture Pod. Dave is at PCK Study, and I am at War Machine Horse. If you like what we did, here you may want to check out our previous episode another 80s film jenna probably wouldn't have watched this one excalibur and our very next episode is who framed roger rabbit so hopefully you will come back to that subscribe to this show on your pod player of choice apple podcasts go to podbean or on followingfilms.com <laughs>